Good morning, good morning. I want to sincerely thank you for tuning in. I am excited for this episode. This is Daily Practice Success Podcast. Today, we are going to talk about how to overcome fear of public speaking. And who, I mean, who wouldn't want to learn the skill of you know, being confident in public speaking? Many of the people that I listen to, um, they are very good at public speaking. Um, I remember when I was attending Toastmaster, uh, as a Toastmaster's public speaking class, I had to present my two to three um, ice-breaking speech, and I practice. I wrote down what I have to say. I practice my story, and during my speech, I avoided my audience eye contact. And the reason for that is because I was afraid to see if they were laughing at me and, you know, they weren't. So I survived that speech and I figured, hey, I could actually, what I learned for that during that speech is I could actually do this. I didn't die talking to people and um, giving out a speech. So I know that's amazing. And, but today I have a, a really great guest. Um, she's a... Uh, professional speaker, and her name is Marty McEwan. She is a licensed professional counselor and a coach. She, um, she specializes in stage fright, performance anxiety, and fear of public speaking. She's an, an author of Stage Fright Cure book. She teaches online course about um, you know, stage fright and she coaches privately. So we're gonna, we're gonna be talking about how to overcome stage fright and what can we do to actually, you know, when we do public speaking, how can we get out there and be confident? So I'm gonna ask her a lot of questions. I'm excited for this. Um, I've been, you know, been waiting for this to actually get someone who actually really good um, uh, public speaking because this is one of the skills that if you, are confident and if you practice it it's gonna pay off a lot gonna give you a lot of money and it's gonna pay off in the long run it could be over and over and over again so i'm gonna bring her out and so we get to meet her is marty mike a1 so yeah i'm excited let's do it hello jonathan how are you this morning oh i'm doing great i'm doing fantastic how, how about you marty Fine. It's early here on the West Coast, but it's, <laughs> but it's nice to be up early. <laughs> I know. It's 5.30. What time do you usually wake up? Oh, around 6.30 or 7. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't get as much sleep last night as I otherwise would, but I'm happy to be here. Uh, well, um, thank you for coming in and, you know, giving us your time and energy. Um, well, M Marty, my, my first question to you is um, take us back. You yourself struggle at one time with stage fright. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that? Absolutely. You know, and it wasn't so much about uh, public speaking. I, mm. I, I had a little nervousness about public speaking, but at one point in my life, I decided I wanted to learn to be a singer. And uh, I, I had always just hid in the choir in the soprano section, just hoping that everybody else knew where to come in and everybody else knew <laughs> and they weren't listening to me. And I could, But I wanted to be a singer. So I got my courage up and I booked a voice lesson. Uh, and at that voice lesson, the teacher, very nice person, she said, sing me something. 
and I just froze. I mean, my eyes got big. I just got tense. I couldn't make a sound and I was shaking and I could, it was awful, absolutely awful. And I didn't have any idea that I was be so afraid of singing. I just didn't. It was, it came as a complete surprise. And every time we had, you know, she had a recital every three months and you had to sing in front of your friends and family and everybody else's friends and family, about 50 people out there. And every single time I was standing in the wings and I'd be, my heart be pounding and I'd be shaking and, and it was really miserable. And I decided, you know, I'm just singing for fun. So I don't want to sing if I have to feel like this all the time. So I better figure out a way to get over this or I won't be singing anymore. And, and as it turns out, in my private practice as a therapist at the time, I was using some techniques that were extremely effective to bring down phobias and uh, to clear up post-traumatic stress responses to things that had happened in people's past, to work with panic and anxiety. And I thought, you know, maybe I should just try these techniques on my own fear of singing. And so I did. And it worked like great. It worked beautifully. And so I started to develop out of my own experience, as a lot of health professionals do, you know, think they, they, they teach what they learn for themselves. I started to work with performers and uh, business people and uh, people who had to perform in any way in my private practice and help them get over their fears of performing and being up in front of people. And that story that you just told about, uh, being in Toastmasters and doing your icebreaker speech and not being able to look the audience in the <laughs> eye. Before COVID, I used to teach live classes in getting uh, over stage fright. And one of the things that I would have them do would be to simply stand in front of the group and look at them and look at them looking at you, right? Mm. It, I, the, I coined a term for it, it's called mirrored visibility which means that you're seeing someone else seeing you, right? Which means that you're aware of what they might be thinking. Like you said, are they, are they thinking that you're making a fool of yourself? And, and in, the, in your situation, it was like you couldn't even look at them because you didn't want to know. <laughs> right, and I was afraid. That's what yeah. the, and you were afraid of what you'd see. Yes, but the thing about it is they they weren't laughing actually. No. They 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 wanted me to like, you know, to actually succeed. Mm -hmm. And that's what's so good about the Toastmaster. And on your part, what are the steps that you took? Like you you said that, you know, you you um on your practice there's some step that you teach your your, your clients on how to do is there like a one two three step that you you teach them or is it just like you gotta you know do the first one and then we'll move on to the next one there are four four i, I call them elements instead of steps mm -hmm. because elements it, because it isn't a linear like one two three four and you have to complete one before you go on to the other it isn't that so much there are four elements and and the first one to consider because it could make a really big difference just this is to get objective about what it is you're experiencing and to own it as part of something that's going on in your own system not something that you attribute to the audience and your story was perfect about for that because you couldn't look at them because you were afraid that they were judging you right mm -hmm. objectively they weren't judging you at all they were very supportive and as Toastmasters is as an organization mm -hmm. 
And so your what you were experiencing was inside of you. That's mm. where that's where your your fear was living inside of you. It wasn't because they were mean, because they weren't, right? It was right. a phenomenon that was happening within yourself. And I, that is so important as a first a first step into being objective as about it is oh i'm having this reaction it isn't this is a scary situation it's i'm having a reaction and owning that as something that's going on within your own system right mm, it's so that's, that's it, one and then the second thing about getting object you're talking about steps and i'm going on a bit but okay. the, and the other part of getting objective is that realize where is it in your body that this is happening and the, the, what's really going on is that inside your brain are two little areas in your midbrain, two little areas called the amygdala that are part of the emotional brain. And the and that amygdala will check with your memory banks and go, is there anything to be scared of here? You know, maybe I should be scared. And if the amygdala picks up something to be scared about, it will send a biochemical signal down to your adrenal glands, and this is oversimplified, but down to your adrenal glands and then shoots cortisol and adrenaline and throughout your system. And that's where the stage fright symptoms and the fear sensation comes from, right? So the, it, in your story, your, your inner perception was that these people were gonna judge you. Mm -hmm. You're making a fool of yourself. Well, that comes from some kind of past experience or some kind of part of your self-concept or something you learned one time that made you worry about that, about whether people were going to make a fool of you or not. So the first step is to get objective about it. And then the next one is to create safety, but not for yourself, but for your amygdala. Like what is, what can you do to, what can you do in the real world situation to help you calm down about the whole thing? Right. But the most important part of my method is that there are certain techniques that will dismantle the relationship between the present moment and whatever it was that happened to you in the past. that had to be worried about it in the first place. Hmm. And when we apply those methods, then the sensation of fear disappears. It actually dismantles, neutralizes. So you could stand up in front of people and not be worried about what they were thinking of you. And then you could look them in the eye. And mm. then you're more confident. And then you would be more confident. That's very interesting. And that's absolutely correct. It's because it's not more about them. It's more about me. And I think the, the shift on perspective, on mm -hmm. um, the way I look at things would be beneficial and a decision to make before I go on stage and actually speak or before I go in the group and actually talk to them. Oh, that's, a, that's amazing. That's a great advice. I, I love it, actually. Um, but like knowing all of these things and what, what, um, um, what am I feeling and what it is first, but um, for you, how do you define the, the stage fright, like performance anxiety and imposter syndrome? And how do you define that? Because I think that if you define those things, then we'll, we'll be able to know more, uh, we'll be a little bit more confident on our, you know, on our, mm -hmm. on our body, on our confidence with public speaking or um, speaking to a group. So how do you define those things? Yeah, so I, my definition for stage fright is very specific, but it's also very broad. 
my definition for stage fright is the fear of offering anything for someone else's consideration or enjoyment. Like you're mm. offering something and you're offering it for other people to either consider, like if you were doing public speaking, the, the basic purpose behind it is think about this for a minute, whatever it is whether it's a business presentation or it's a motivational speech or it's whatever kind of speech, you're actually offering something. And usually we don't go into a speaking situation like we're going to offer it something to someone. We go into it like it's an ordeal that we have to get through, right? It's, a, it's something that we're, we're required to do rather than, oh, here, I have this to say, you know, take this, put the, you know, tell me what you think about these ideas. Or the same with enjoyment, like here's some violin music for you, right? Or let me sing you this song or uh, let me act in this place for your enjoyment. So if you switch it around so that you're, you're framing it in your mind that it is what you, that you're offering something for someone else's uh, consideration or enjoyment, then stage fright is the fear of doing that. Yeah, there's something in the way of you freely doing that. Mm -hmm. There's something in the way, and so the the the, the cure for stage fright is to get the, whatever's in the way out of the way. So the stage fright is the fear of doing anything for someone else's consideration or enjoyment. Now, uh, performance anxiety, I think, is a little more specific. It's right. It's an anxiety about a performance. So stage fright, you could be writing a blog post or doing an interview like this or, or <laughs> do a, being in a job interview or any, any number of things. Performance anxiety is, I think, more like test taking or you're in a show or, you know, it, it is a performance. And to be honest with you, I like, the, I like my definition of stage fright better because it's about offering something rather than performing. Performing for many people has a has a really a challenging kind of energy to it. It's like now I'm mm -hmm. oh no now I'm performing. Right. So that's what I uh, what I would say about performance anxiety. And then imposter syndrome is a more pervasive feeling of not being good enough. And the fear that people are going to find out that you're not good enough. And that doesn't have to do with maybe necessarily performing or anything. It's just like going to work in the morning can be a miserable thing for somebody with imposter syndrome because they're spending all day hoping people don't find out they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> Even if they do know what they're doing, right? Sometimes, especially if they do know what they're doing, like they're very talented or they're very intelligent or very capable but they just have this feeling it's never going to be enough or that they're not, they're not, you know, they're not who they really pretending to be, which can be really, really painful. Mm -hmm. And those are the things that we do feel like, you know, every time we actually put ourselves, it's, it's because it's very uncomfortable situation and, you know, going into it and you're going to do a speech or you're going to offer something, it's still uncomfortable, especially if you're not doing it or you hadn't practiced it or we do practice it, but we don't practice it um, on a crowd. So like, give us um, a little bit of tips or advice on how can we practice this? Um, I know that 
um, hiring a coach is so important if you actually want to, um, you know, fast track mm, the way, um, you know, we're public speaking or overcoming the you know, the fear of public speaking. But if we don't, if you don't have the, the, mm -hmm. the funds or the, the funds to actually hire a coach, what can you advise people to do in order for us to practice public speaking or talking to a group in front of the group? Yeah, I have a couple of things about that. Of course, being in front of a group right now is difficult, right? Because mm -hmm. they be on screen. But that, being on screen, you can be on screen in front of a group for sure. But um, I think Toastmasters is fabulous. I was a Toastmaster a couple of times, and I think it's very valuable. Also think that, the see, the amygdala, the part of your brain that's watching out for what's scary, actually loves the familiar. The more, you know how you get more and more familiar with something, then you can kind of relax into it, mm -hmm. no matter what it is, whether it's playing a sport or, you know, or developing a relationship. The more familiar it feels to you, the more calm you can be about it and the more certain you, certainty you can have about it. So that consistency about getting up in front of people, Toastmasters actually offers that, and I highly recommend. I think I'm going to maybe speak out of school here. I think one of the things Toastmasters isn't so strong about is dealing with the fear of it. Like, except for to do it over and over again, which helps some, it doesn't really address the actual re the fight, flight, or freeze reaction that people are having. If it if it's uh, if it goes beyond just familiarity, if it, if something happened in somebody's past or their self concept doesn't allow for them to think of themselves as a generous and you know and uh, and and confident speaker, then if there's conflict inside, it's going to impede their energy. Is the way I say it. So I think that confidence is unimpeded energy. And conversely, stage fright is impeded energy. And I think doing the Toastmaster thing over and over again is going to help you feel comfortable and confident in the sense that it's going to be familiar, but it isn't going to solve that inside reaction, you know, when I'm mm -hmm. necessarily. So I would say Toastmasters and then find a way to work on your specific fear of speaking. Like with me, I or others, I guess, I don't know who else, but me, <laughs> because I and find those techniques that really will dissolve that fight, flight, or freeze response. So then you are free to be that confident speaker, right? Hmm. Yeah, so if you don't have Toastmasters, I'd say, I would say uh, if, they, you, if you have a like, family group or something, practice telling stories to the family, practice, right? Practice pieces of what you might want to offer in a speech to whoever will listen as many times as possible. <laughs> and the other possibility, the other possibility just came to me, you know, we all have online video is to talk to yourself on your computer, either Zoom or whatever platform, and then watch it back and see what you think and get you. That, that's a great advice. And again, Toastmaster is something that we could actually do. And right now, I think some of them are closed, but definitely. Online. Yeah, definitely. Online Toastmaster meetings. Yeah. Oh, they're actually doing that now. That's amazing. And no, I think the advice of talking to a computer and talking to you and looking at the camera and then replaying it and how, um, you know, mm -hmm. like, 
I just Isn't worked. With, I just worked with a young man just a, a week or two ago who uh, wanted me to help him with his interviews to get into medical school, and uh, that's part of what we did. We we did it on Zoom, and I helped him on Zoom, and I he recorded it at the same time so he could go back and watch it and and uh, and review what he did for before and what he did after. Yeah, it was very fun. <laughs> Uh, well, take take us a uh, um, no. Give us a story. How was your um, first um, speech on a Toastmaster? Were you already good because of your past experience, or you know how did that go for you? Yeah, I I was a theater major in college, mm -hmm. so I was kind of a well. There were plus and minuses. I was a theater major in college, and uh, but also I was a very insecure young person. Mm. I was very insecure. So I, I I probably looked like this, you know. This is my Toastmaster speech. <laughs> <laughs> I was born in Seattle and I probably was very nervous. I don't remember I don't remember the speech specifically. It was when I was younger, probably in my 30s, but um I don't so I don't remember it though that one speech exactly. Maybe that's an indication I really was nervous because I don't remember it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I worked with this. Here's an interesting thing. I worked with a woman who uh, wanted to run for office several years ago. And speaking of not remembering what you were, what you said, she would her form of stage fright came in the and that she she could speak like crazy. She was a wonderful speaker, but she didn't remember what she said when she was done. She was she kind of went mm, you know kind of blank. And and then people from the audience would ask her questions, and she would feel really insecure because she didn't know what she'd already said or what she would say. So we used these same techniques I'm talking about with her, and it, that cleared up. So she could stay present and conscious when she was speaking, and and not like dissociate, if you will. And uh, she could she could uh, speak. Not only could she speak well, but she could remember what she said, so she could answer the questions at the end. It was mm. kind of, oh, and then she won the election, and now she's a, she's a state legislature player. That's amazing. So you have worked with a bunch of clients who had stage fright, not just you know speaking into like an audience, but you know one on one mm -hmm. and other things, interviews. So that's amazing. You have a lot of experience with that. Um, mm -hmm. But walk us through this. Why is it important for us, or what's the benefit of overcoming stage fright? Well, if you think about stage fright, my definition, which is offering something for anyone's uh, consideration or enjoyment, there are multitudes of those in kinds of circumstances throughout our lives, not just a formal stage or a formal speech. But I'll tell you, I suppose I suppose the one big benefit for a lot of people is to get further in their lives in whatever they're choosing to do, right? go for the promotion or apply for the job that they want or um or as you often i guess talk, talk about in this podcast is start a new project or start a new business you know and have the courage to do that realizing that what you're doing is offering something for someone else's consideration or enjoyment even if you make widgets and sell them in the store you're offering something for somebody else's consideration or enjoyment right um 
the other thing that often the, the surprising benefit is that people's private lives go better. Well, an example is a, a fellow that I worked with several years ago who was the, the CMO of a large global corporation, happened to be really nice guy. And he was being called upon to do, you know, big speeches as a part of his job, as of his position in the company. And he was scared to death. He really was. And the fallout of that was that he would be snappy with his kids or he couldn't wouldn't sleep well or you know he'd just be all worried and negative because he was afraid to get up in front of people and give these big keynote speeches you know in front of thousands of people so mm. he was we worked with it to the point where he was able to do it he was able to do it comfortably and he wasn't losing sleep over it and all of that which was really a wonderful outcome for him professionally but he was also in a better mood when he got home and he wasn't you know being irritable with his children and so any anything that's bothering us on the inside is going to show on the outside and it's going to affect not only our own personal performance or professional performance, but our relationships with people too. Well, uh, actually second that, uh, it's because when you overcome stage fright and you, you're you able to um, speak with confidence and you're, you're confident about yourself, and you, you feel good about yourself because hey, you, you you could talk to people, you could, you know, you could present yourself in a, in a, in a confidently and, mm -hmm. And of course, the feeling that you have inside, and you're, you're so proud of yourself that you know mm -hmm. it comes out, and it comes with your comes out, your happiness comes out, and then it, you with your family, and they they could tell whatever it is that you're you're feeling if either you're happy or you're not because it comes out of you. Okay. Um, you know, um, Marty, you've been in business for a long time now, and especially you coaching and you um, teaching online. Um, when it comes to business, what is success to you? Well, I had a therapy practice for a long, long time. Mm -hmm. And so, as you might think, therapy, therapists want to help people. Right. That's what we would do. And, and it, and for me, it has always been a thrill to see the people that I work with get where they want to go and do what they want to do and, or feel better, right? Or their relationships go better. It's, it's a real hit in my happy button. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that, I, that for me has been such a gift over my career to give that gift to other people just makes me happy. That's like, Success after success after success is just, it's really just fun. Overall success, I suppose I made a living at it for sure. Mm -hmm. um, I'll be, although contrary to many people's opinions, therapists don't make a huge living. <laughs> We're not millionaires at all, but I made a living and it, it was extremely satisfying. So I think that's what I would count as success. I have never been somebody who wanted to be you know, raving a raving success as far as the, the kind of conventional thinking of what success is like making $500,000 a year or something that has never been the way I think about it. You're right. And I, 
I love that you actually have that, you know, decision in mind. I'm not going to be like super million because it's, it's a lot of work actually. And, you know, I, I'm not that either. I want, I want to like, you know, help and not help and get that thank you from, from people that I actually help. That's why uh, I'm putting myself through this and, you know, that speaking of overcoming like the uh, the stage fright too as well it, it all it all accumulates in all part of um what i'm doing um so success to you is actually helping people you know and overcome their uh, like overcome their fear of stage fright or just helping them in overall whatever it is that they're doing but mm -hmm. let me ask you so if that's what success to you what is it that you're practicing on a daily basis that contribute the most to that, you know, helping other people? I try to have something in my day where I get that feeling every day, whether mm. it's a client appointment or, uh, or a meeting, a group meeting or, or teaching a class because it fills me up with the, and reminds me of the purpose of what, why I'm doing all the background work that it takes. Mm -hmm. to make that happen. Um, I, I teach a class that's free, by the way, and I'd love your listeners to know about it. Um, I teach a class called Rapid Relief from Stress and Distress. It's a two-hour online course that teaches these techniques I'm talking about that dismantle the upset or the stress or distress that we're feeling inside on a physiological and energetic level. Um, and in that class, what we do is we take something that's bothering somebody, like whoever, you know, the person in the class thinks of something that's bothering them in their lives. And we go through a six step, six exercises, and we watch what happens to their degree of distress about the thing from the beginning to the end. And it is absolutely remarkable that Everybody that takes the class, they feel better about that thing at the end of the class as they did at the beginning of the class. Mm. And that gives, arranging my day and my week so that I can have the pleasure, literally the pleasure of seeing people feel better about something and, and then be freer within themselves to do whatever they're doing. It just, that's what keeps me going. Really, that, that's what that what that's what keeps me on the phone yesterday with my computer not working, <laughs> and you know, waiting on the phone for the next available representative and all the all the background work that we do. That that is necessary for us to reap the rewards of what we're actually trying to do. Absolutely, and yep, definitely. Um, well, at this point, Marty, you know, we're almost out of time and I, I wanted to open it up to you to share any final thoughts with us. Is there anything that I haven't asked you or that you think that will be helpful, helpful for us to know? You know, I think if people are, you were talking specifically about fear of public speaking earlier. Right. Mm -hmm. and I think that my, my encouragement to people is to recognize that there is in fact if they're feeling a fear of public speaking that it is in fact a reaction that's happening within them that something can be done about 
it isn't something people have to live with for the rest of their lives or it isn't just the luck of the draw it isn't because you're shy it isn't you know what i mean it isn't some people have stage fright some people don't oh well it's something in literally going on inside of yourself that has a cause and when we can zero in on what that cause is then we can do something about it so that you literally feel more settled and more grounded and more centered whenever you are trying to offer something for someone else's consideration and enjoyment. But I think the main thing I want people to know is there's something to do about it. It isn't something you have to live with forever. Mm. And uh, yes, definitely something to do about it. And, and yeah, we could do that. Um, so Marty, like we're done here. I know that, you know, take you gave us a lot of value and I appreciate you. Where can the best place um, to find you or connect with you online? Go to stagefright.com. Mm -hmm. And on there, you can see what I do. You, there you go. You can see what I do. You can also contact me personally through there. We can have a conversation. Um, I, and, and you can see what kinds of ways that I could help you. Even if you're just, if you're doing Toastmasters or if you're doing something else in your life, getting over the fear of that is a big component. So I would say to, uh, yeah, find me at stagefright.com and give me a holler and we'll talk. <laughs> okay, one last question before I let, how long you've been doing this? Like, you know, teaching, coaching, and, you know, um, helping people overcome stage fright and Huh? Um, performance anxiety. I've had this particular specialty for about 10 years. Wow. And so I, I wrote the a book, decade. Yeah. And I wrote the book, The Stage Fright Cure, out of that experience. Mm. Um, and, I, and there's an online course, too, The Stage Fright Cure online course. And coach privately. But truly, my specialty in getting over stage fright came from my stage fright. And learning very specific concepts and techniques to get over it. So mm. I just don't have it anymore. I just don't have that fear of <laughs> So, guys, that's it. Um, visit stagefright.com and connect with her, talk to her. If you were to learn from somebody, learn it from someone who's doing it and been at it for a very long time. She's been at it for almost a decade. So, you know, well, a decade, more than a decade. So, guys, connect with her, and then um, that's it from us, and we'll let you go. Thank you for tuning in, and we appreciate you. you. See you guys later. Bye-bye.